0: So I've attempted to record this podcast, I think, like a dozen times so far. I got the cliche grassroots set up here, and I've moved my entire office thrice to get the best sound. And frankly, the story, the story deserves a clean take. It will be worth the effort. At least that's what I'm telling myself. I'm uh, I'm Snowbird. This is Rust Belt Ruffian. Um, we'll see where this goes, you know, if you're not cringing at your flagship episode you've started too late, right? Um, I'm buying myself time right now because it's a little hard for me to gracefully segue into the subject of today's episode. Uh, I really wanted I wanted to blow you out of the water. But now that I'm sitting here, and now that I've uh, I've written a scaffolding for this story in my head about a dozen times over, as I've said, uh, I find my feelings to be quite complicated. Not inexplicable, just um just complicated um okay, for one, uh everyone who engages with this guy seems to have a a bemusing glossy vaseline on the lens, kind of wholesome discourse with them. there he goes, out under the baseball diamond oh he he honked the horn on the raffle car that's 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 a Zaid officer. That is a silly goose over there. He stole my fries and ate them in front of me. I mean, that's the classic, right? But when our paths crossed, uh, star crossed, as it were, edit that one out, (laughs) Uh, I wasn't having Vaseline dreams uh, myself. On the contrary, I was made to sweat more bullets than usual that night at the resort. His reputation is well-deserved, as... He truly is a force of nature. As always, as far as uh, these stories and my job is concerned, stick my feet in quick concrete. I'm, I'm not telling you when. And uh, I'm not telling you where. This is my Bill Murray story. The illustrious, infamous, deadpan dilf. Once you reach a certain level of celebrity, you're always being chased, right? You're running. You're running, or else people give you the runaround. If you're at Bill Murray level of recognizability in the public zeitgeist, you can't risk someone, like, tipping you off to the paparazzi, or, like, in a politician's case, your literal mortal enemies. So, uh, Mr. Murray was a walk-in, like most celebs at the resort. Him and his entourage, which was an Americana band. A blues Americana band, uh, fronted by himself, Uh, He was a (laughs) walk-in, and and walk-in he did, Uh, right past the front desk and into the office, where an an unsuspecting clerk was absolutely startled out of her skin. I'm going to address you directly a lot during this episode, don't mind me, Mr. Murray. Uh, You're famously free reign, no agent between you and I, so if this goes anywhere, Lord, let it be Bill Murray's ears. So uh, so you walked in, kicking the door in, metaphorically, and, uh, and you made a Caddyshack joke. True Murray fashion. But Mr. <laughs> Mr. Murray, that, that clerk was 19, and she did not know what a Caddyshack is. Uh, and you, you just kind of ate a blank stare. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like, because as far as it was told to me, it was perfect. I mean, we rented golf carts. For fuck's sake! Believe it or not, it it, it takes a lot of effort to appear aloof. I assure you that customer service representatives know that better than anyone. And uh, and you have my sympathies, Bill. (laughs) Uh, I know, like, bewilderment is kind of your brand, and you kind of like to uh, you like to subvert people's expectations. But I can tell you that uh, that front desk agent was bewildered in a a very different way. (laughs) If I was there, Mr. Murray, yeah, I, I would have shit my pants, because cause I understand... Okay. I don't want to lick your dick, old man, but I understand you're more than Groundhog Day, all right? Trust me. I dropped out of art school. It is in my contract to consume nihilistic art house shit until I die. When I clocked in around 10.30-ish, this clerk, who's completely underwhelmed by... Bill Murray in his escapades goes, uh, yeah, Bill Murray's over there, I guess. Told me a joke, I don't know. <sighs> oh man, I'm trying, I'm trying not to lose my shit. Don't lose your shit. Don't lose your shit, but I am, I am absolutely losing my shit. There had been plenty of other people, powerful names, who had come through those doors prior to Bill Murray. They weren't really my scene. And,. When I changed the guard with that poor desk clerk, and that was what I was walking in on, it was like a dream come true. I, I was like, alright, don't fuck this up. Don't freak out. Don't fuck this up. Just, it's like every other night. He's like every other person. Remember your training? Whatever. But this poor clerk was, she was really flustered. I don't know what had transpired prior to that, but she seemed quite bewildered by the hurricane. She told me she had to fake room construction just to boot all of the people out of the uh, the rooms that were needed. Because when when you're a walk-in, you are competing with the reservations as far as who's more important, who's going to give us more money, who's going to stay longer, who's going to spend more money at the bar, and we'll boot whoever is the lesser. And uh, we had to cancel quite a few rooms, because when Bill Murray walks in, you, you just make it work, right? So, uh... I remember the email went a little something like this. Um, Apologies for the inconvenience. Une mille par Par But there appears to be a water main break on the third floor. And it has affected one quadrant of the entire resort. It's underwater. And unusable. We're so sorry. Please accept <laughs> this complimentary massage on us. So, uh, yeah, that was the chaos that was going on before I even entered the scene. And uh, while she was telling me all of this and getting me briefed, she was making quite quickly for the door. (laughs) And she said, uh, you'll know who's in his party because they've been drawing mustaches on each other the entire time with uh, with wine corks. Let me clarify. I I worked overnights, so I was kind of pseudo security. I was a front desk agent technically, but I was security. So I serve I was surveying the crowd. When you survey a crowd, you look for the outliers. And there was a group of outliers. There were about a baker's dozen meandering on the far end of the salon. All sporting squiggly mustaches on their upper lips in in every style imaginable. Every style imaginable. The security guy was this big bald dude in like a casual graphic tee. He was done up to look like a Mexican sugar skull. And it was then that I was informed that they brought in their own wine in big crates. It was, uh, it was our dinner candles that made the soot, but it was their corks that they were burning. Now, there are some... there. <laughs> How do I say this? Uh, there, there are some, not me, but, but there are some out there who would call that tacky. Oh, that is really an uncanny boss move. I've I've never seen it replicated and um, I was told that everybody tipped quite handsomely and in America it's not like those of us of service could have actually cared about the tab that was avoided because like most resorts our, our watering trough was overpriced. It was just such a move. <laughs> and by the time I was acquainted with the room, myself, the clerk remarked that two crates of wine were empty and being broken down in the uh, basement. I uh, I knew right then that I was going to have a handful. I sidestepped to the producer-conductor-handler character. Um, okay, Bill, I'm going to talk to the listeners real quick because uh, you already know this. Excuse me, sir. All right. Okay, guys, you can always tell who these handlers are, because uh, they're slower drinkers than the talent. They're usually tucked in a shady corner, scanning the room, like like I am. So I joked to the guy. Oh, sorry to bother you. Uh, I've marked your party as tonight's troublemakers. <laughs> I expect the card I have in file should cover your damages. And we laughed together. We laughed together in good faith. But I knew. I knew. It was a litmus test of sorts, because... It was in the way they laughed with me. They laughed knowingly. I too laughed knowingly. So really, we're just these two characters by the potted plants going, <laughs> maybe a little too loud, honestly. But uh, my laugh, my my laugh, communicated. Your talent is about to fuck me up, isn't he? And his laugh said, "Yes." <laughs> my my talent is about. To fuck you the fuck up. <laughs> no, let me let me let me just say again. Let me just say again. As an aside, I fucking love Bill. I still love Bill to this day. I love him. I, I love all the Murrays, really. If if you haven't seen Brian Murray in in Waiting for Guffman, it's some of the best non-verbal character acting I've ever seen. He barely engages his vocal cords, right? And he is so he's so believable. And uh, my condolences, by the way, Bill. Oh, and and Joel. In uh, in God Bless America, go look that up. God Bless America, if you haven't seen it. Waiting for Guffman and God Bless America. That movie isn't for everybody, but um, I'm from Syracuse, so that movie is for me and mine, by definition. I hope to uh, I hope to someday benefit as a creative spawned from the same swamp as Bobcat Goldthwaite and then and Post Malone. I'm coming for you, post. I've been working on my emo rap game. That was pretty good. Watch out! Watch out! R.I.P. Headphone users. Sorry, Mister Murray. <laughs> what were, what were we saying? I got distracted by your security guy gliding around as a huge skull. So there were uh, there were plenty of other guests that evening. Um, we were, as I mentioned before. At capacity, and everyone wanted to orbit the Murray party, including the rest of the resort. And it, it was all I could do to keep my staff working because Bill himself is a—he's a gregarious supernova that demands a lot of attention. And he was really on that night, you know. Um, characters like this tend to hit a wall with their on switch. I know this because I'm wired this way too, and I was waiting. I was waiting for Bill's wall, me and his conductor-handler-producer-person. Uh, it, it was inevitable, like uh, like the tides or like the breath of awesome. I was, I was uh, roundly ignored. Bill did sway his way over to me while I was tending my other duties uh, on the computers and such. He's much taller in person, taller than me, and I'm freakish, honey. So, uh, yeah, how can, I, how can I help you, Peter Vankman? I, I didn't say that. I wanted to say that. But I said, can I, help? Can, I, can I help you? I can't even remember which register I used. There's a couple of different customer service registers. They encouraged us at the resort to talk so low and languid, so relaxed. But I'm sure there was a lot of stress in my voice, and I may have used the blue-collar retail, which is, how are you? Hi, how can I help you? So, Bill... One of my heroes, man. I love him. He, he wiggles his fingers in front of my face and kind of pieced together this, this slapdash sign language. And he goes, uh, I need four of these, six of these, five of these by tomorrow afternoon. Thanks. Slaps the table, saunters away. And uh, I'm smiling serenely while my right hand is just blurring across my notebook, just writing everything he says word for word. And the moment he turns away, I dash into my office and I pour over my notes, which at this point might as well be in cuneiform, trying to figure out what the fuck he meant. He he flapped his hands like this and then he said, I don't need four, four of these. <laughs> what the fuck did he mean? So it, in his own special way, I was able to decipher that he was scheduling manicures and pedicures for his team the next day. So I sent an email telling the spa... To fake room construction to fit everyone in. Because, of course, when I look at the projected reservations, we're booked up and Bill Murray's party takes priority, so let's go. Despite them bringing their own wine, but let's go. All right, so um, another honorable lie, right? Whatever to make the ship go. This is all all the little elves working behind the scenes. Everything is perfectly fine. No, 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 please proceed. Eventually, people did start to drink at the bar. And, man, they're a great tipper's. We talked about them forever. Uh, I didn't get tipped. But people assumed that uh, I made a lot more than I did. It's because I held myself so well. (laughs) Mm, So, (laughs) I chalked up reserving all of those spa appointments as a day shift problem. You know, another honorable lie, as I said. And uh, it was around that point that Mr. Murray wound his way around the property again. And... Swung back to me, uh, demanding very firmly, uh, you have 60 seconds to round everyone up and get them here. Uh, 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 excuse me, sir? <laughs> now you have 58 seconds. So I fucking took off. I mean, who wouldn't? Once again, <laughs> I pieced together what he meant when I was well out of sight. Uh, where do I go? Where am I going? Okay, okay, the kitchen, yes. So I collected the dishwashers and the housekeepers and the night staff stragglers, and I assembled them all in the lounge, in the salon. And I then retreated to my shadowy corner to kind of calm myself, where uh, Bill's conductor-producer-handler sidesteps over to me, like I had him. And he goes, Hey, uh, is it cool if we play music in here? And as he spoke... A procession of instruments is being marched through the double doors over his shoulder. And he, his padded shoulder, I just remember his padded shoulders kind of blocking it as best as he could as he noticed my eye tracking the standing bass, They wanted to do a dry run before they hit the road the next day for a performance. I, would, I, I looked at him. I looked at the parade of instruments. I looked at Bill Murray. Everyone was in mustaches. I'd already assembled everybody. So yeah, it looks like I don't really have a choice. So I nodded. And I glanced at the the other guests, the the chateaus, the chateaus, um, across the gardens. Because I was projecting a ton of noise complaints. Because it was getting late, and these guys aren't the only ones trying to enjoy the resort. So, all right, we'll play it by ear. <clears throat> no pun. And they began to play. And the music, my God. The the music that came out of our piano in the lounge had had no business sounding that good i i don't think it was ever tuned <laughs> and it it was really otherworldly watching those musicians perform um murray is singing oh <laughs> it was great sir i forgot you were still here it was great flawless <laughs> but, but to be honest <laughs> if i may be so bold um <laughs> I I was mostly watching the splashes from your drink as as you gesticulated above the oriental rug because somewhere along the way you had switched from wine to white Russians and I was just exchanging secret glances with the housekeepers because if we didn't hit that carpet that night the next morning people were going to check in and it was going to smell like fromage du Marais. <laughs> Don't take it personally, of course, Mr. Murray. It's just... Something we have to take into account. This is when it gets good. And I feel like I'm going to be yelling a lot, so I'm going to take another drink. A spectator, someone watching the show, made a huge mistake. <laughs> should you tell him, Bill, or should I? <laughs> I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell him, I'll tell him, I'll tell him. So uh, someone took a flash photo after they were explicitly warned not to. The guy failed the vibe check and and bill Bill just couldn't settle back into the performance he he tried he he tried to walk it off he but he just couldn't find a grip and the drink was splashing more and more um, he missed a cue or two and uh, <laughs> it didn't take long not long at all for those deceptively strong hands to seize the offender by the collar he was in the front pick the guy up and use his body as a battering ram, face first, bam, out both, bam, iron doors. I mean, it was an it was an old school bar toss, drinks going flying. Uh, I'm watching it in midair. And I'm totaling it up in my head. That's a 90-minute dogfish IPA. Got to comp that guy. Meanwhile, the security guy, the security skull, is toddling after them going, you good, Bill? You good? Just, where were you on that? Apparently, the security guy is to keep Bill from everybody else. So, uh, he was all right. He was unharmed. But, uh, you good? No, he was not good. Bill comes back into the lounge, marches up to me, stabbing his finger into my nose, just blind with rage. Just his eyes are just little, tiny little beady rat eyes. God, I fucking hate drunks, man. So he's he stabs with each syllable. I want that guy fired. So yeah, I'm having a very surreal moment at this point. I don't I don't feel a damn thing cuz I'm just thinking like holy shit Garfield. <laughs> what am I supposed to do to smooth that one over? So uh I reply just deer in the headlights, you know. Um that That was a guest, sir. It was a paying guest from Chase Bank. And his finger, which is still pointed at my face, loses a little bit of its erection. And he goes, huh? And I reiterate, that was a guest, sir. And the musicians burst burst into laughter. I mean, they are rocking it broke the tension i'm just kind of going ha <laughs> ha they go bill you did it again you did it again bill why why do you do this <laughs> and uh, bill bill looks one way and then the other and swinging his glass empty now um he he snaps his fingers at the band right um accelerando uh, and a five six seven eight and they pick up at the coda Mm. no harm, no foul. The rehearsal was completed and my legs vibrated under that cafe table the entire time. When I had trainees, I would try to explain to them that they're sock puppets. And so long as everything above the navel is calm, you can do whatever you want with your legs because usually it's cut off by a desk or a table or you can situate yourself to where you can jiggle your leg and kind of discharge some of that anxiety and boy where my legs going the conductor producer handler <laughs> cast me a, a glance it was almost sympathetic but it was it was sympathetic in the way that a pragmat a, a, a pragmatic parent would watch a precocious child fall off of a bicycle <laughs> He, he witnessed what we both knew was inevitable. In fact, every mustachioed face in the room threw their own glances uh, in their own time. They don't, they don't gawk like the lower cast, but they make their reads, and they read me as clearly disturbed. I was uh, interlacing my fingers with my elbows, pressing white knuckle, just trying to count the backs of my teeth with my tongue just keeping my I'm, I'm i'm a duck i'm a duck i'm serene above the water <laughs> so uh bill went to bed very soon after that very soon after that the wall hit and his team uh the mustachioed band they they made a point to to straighten my lapel and and smooth my hair you know oh what a trooper sorry about that he's not always like nah, nah, nah. Yeah, sure, sure. You know, I've heard that before. They were very practiced at cleaning up after the hurricane. They were gracious. They were apologetic. They tipped my servers more. Again, they never tipped me. But they tipped my servers more. And I was just terrified. Terrified. Because that Chase rep could ruin us. Because he could sue us for facilitating an assault on my, on my watch. Like, fie on Bill Murray. Fie upon thee, I say. That was an assault, dude. And, and, and Bill, I mean, my hero, my, my deadpan Dilf. I mean, shit, I understand being typecast as a blue-collar schlub and, and it not necessarily being true to the actor's form, but you, you wanted the guy fired, sir? You're fucking Bill Murray. And we were unprepared for you. May I remind, I'm sure you expected us all to have wages high enough to enjoy the services at that resort, but sir, they, they were not. I worked 40 hours, and even with a night differential, I went home with $300-ish a week at the time. they They, they justify our low wages by giving us steep discounts at the restaurant or what have you, but trust me... Like most businesses, once you see the back end of some of these places, you don't really care for the services, you fucking rubes. And I worked nights, so what the fuck was I supposed to do? Like, sacrifice sleep to get my discount facial? No, I'm just going to take my wages and call it a day. But But you wanted, son of a lumber mill man, son of a mail clerk... You wanted what you thought was one of my waiters fired, sir. You wanted him starved for daring to go against the hurricane, Sir, if, if, if you were anyone else, let me tell you what I would have done. I would have kissed the tip of your quivering little old man finger and laughed in your face for such a display. I have humiliated... Audience, don't listen. I have humiliated bigger names accidentally and on purpose for less it was the only power my hourly ass could enjoy and I enjoyed myself when I could evidently you know how to enjoy yourself a bit of power so I expect you to understand just like I may have been lucky to been where I was okay to see a -a once-in-a-lifetime rehearsal from one of my favorite people on this planet you were lucky to have me that night sir and that I was a fan you were lucky I wasn't that desk clerk with which you biffed your opening jokes. <laughs> I had to comp the guy's stay, breakfast the next morning. I sent up strawberries and champagne. When he checked out, that dude was so jumpy. He he was acting like you were going to drop on him from the ceiling. Fired. Fucking I want I want him fired. You know what we talk about in the back of house, Mr. Caddyshack, Captain fucking Caddyshack? We tell you Richie's to eat fucking cake. I have manifested through your God to remind you of your humble roots. Deadpan dilf. More like deadpan diva. Okay, enough venting, Bill. Bill, I I am exposing myself now as a resentful little nothing. I know. We're not alike, you and I. I'm about to start out in radio, do some comedy writing, probably try to collab on a couple of arthouse flicks, coast on a blockbuster or two, and uh, lend my vocal talents to an orange CGI cat. We're we're nothing alike. I, I don't expect you to accept a scolding from a canal rat from Syracuse, okay? And I wasn't going to give you a scolding, sir, until I read this recent article that so poetically galvanizes uh, this episode's purpose. See, uh, I've been writing a book. It's this. You're hearing it. It's, it's just a collection of stories about my years at the resort. And other gigs I've worked where the social totem poles are particularly towering. And I wanted to call it Vermillionaire. And it was originally framed as an indictment. Not on the upper class per se, but on those who would consider themselves upper class. But I have come, I have come to a new understanding um, about entertainment, about corporatism, classism, humanity in general, and what used to be an indictment has softened with the coming of the plague um, and while everyone else catches up to me and grabs their pitchforks, I'm kind of hanging mine above my mantelpiece and and writing sonnets to it instead i've 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 been turning these stories over in my little raccoon hands, uh, my little groundhog hands, I should say and and I've found your humanity, sir. I've, uh. I've found your envy. Nay, dare I say? The envy all Richies feel towards the dregs in steerage. Because looking back, looking back on our close encounter of a hostile kind, you. you were envious. You. you, you were distilled into an image. Far from your intended projection of humanness. And you became envious of our natural rust belt humanity. Envious that those who slum it can be so uh, lowbrow and satisfied. Satisfied not by your work. Not by your work. But by your image. Your empty image. Oh, to be so empty. (laughs) I feel envy too. I feel envy too. Your humanity, Bill, if you've listened this long. I see you motherfucker. We may not be anything alike, <laughs> but I watched in that moment your humanity be stripped from you. Your 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 personal power. It was it was a dismissal of your work. Your work with a capital W, not your name, your work. Your passion project was, and I don't say that to be glib. Your pa- it, it was a project that you felt passionate about. It was eclipsed by an image manufactured. An image that you can't run from because the past is static and not even God himself can change that. So this was supposed to be a place that you could be human but like what you do to others, your expectations were subverted. And this very act of taking a flash photo symbolized your image being pre- preferable to you. Because you were standing right there. And you're flesh. You're flesh and bones, sir. You're, you're a living, breathing person. And it didn't matter to the guy. He didn't have enough respect to treat you or your work. With any more indignity than uh, a carnival pony to be shown off as a picture on a phone. He wanted to use that picture, probably. I mean, I agree with you. To flash it to a big-tittied trendress, purchase a little clout off of your flesh. And in that moment, you decided, so be it. I will teach this man that I am flesh. And you reached from the screen and you throttled him. I see you, sir. As chaotic as it looks, your personality is very dutiful. Dutiful. Beautiful, yes. But dutiful. Deceptively deliberate. And I believe it's been described as uh, an interplay of subtlety and conspicuousness. You know, you inflate the small and you deflate the large. Vermillionaire isn't a book anymore. It's this. It's a construction of notes and me just talking about the notes, and my only goal now is to humanize ourselves to each other. Mr. Murray, in in researching your past, and it doesn't appear as if you've roughed up anyone who didn't deserve it, you, you have a past, but you also have a past of making peace. And from one Rust Belt ruffian to another, I concede that that Chase Rep fucking deserved it. And it was not unpleasant to witness what was unpleasant were the the subsequent puff pieces that i'd read in the coming years Ooh, you're such a silly billy you are so weird and so bill chill murray hashtag chill murray when all i had burned onto the inside of my eyelids was was the silhouette of your wild hair as you were ordering me to fire someone your rage and your hatred i mentioned before that i hate drunks i don't hate people who drink I hate that thing, that thing that wears the skin of people who drink. I hate that thing. And I recognize it, Bill, that that was the thing that wanted that guy fired. It was that thing that made you feel less real. And you had to seize an opportunity to prove yourself, to yourself, that you were real. And I can dig that. I dig autonomy. What I don't dig is when someone takes advantage of their status unchallenged. You can count on me to pipe up regardless of consequences cuz like seriously if I if if I get a CND from the Murrays I I will cherish it far more than that Chase rep could have ever cherished their photo I can assure you. God that the incident report I had to file. Holy fuck. Like what like what do I even say? Like my manager was coming in the next morning so I tried to keep it light. Uh Bill Murray got ugly with Chase Rep. Took care of Tab, Comp, Dogfish IPA. I I was I had cleaned up the glass already. Um, comp breakfast, fake room c- construction for a spa, two crates empty wine. But don't worry about the burning smell. <laughs> yeah, and I uh I, I I guess from there I just kind of went on with my life, and and Bill went on with his, and I I found myself telling the story less and less as time went on because it betrayed Bill's image. I found myself comforting people who were disillusioned because they were like, "Oh, I thought he was the fry guy," uh, and like they don't really get that I wasn't like I wasn't admonishing him. It's it's not my fault that they are just as empty-headed as that guy who took a flash photo. That they can't understand that there's a lot of nuance here, and not everything can be tied up. Not every story can be tied up in a sweet little clear-cut half moon cookie good v evil it's it's just not like that sometimes people are just people and there isn't a villain and there isn't a hero there's just two opposing forces and a witness and that was what the story was it was very hemingway okay 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 wait 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 whoa whoa do i only have a certain amount of minutes to record that wouldn't be good Maybe it just stopped recording because there was a long silence as I was trying to figure out how to swing into the denouement. I suppose technically the um, the story itself has wrapped up. I don't have any new details as far as that slice of life. But yeah, I guess uh, I guess this denouement and we uh, oui, Je connais un peu le français. D'accord. Que puis-je faire? All of my practice was on uh, people who spoke naturally Quebecois. As opposed to Parisien. And good luck talking to me with a Parisian accent. I'm not going to know what the fuck you're saying. What a stupid fucking aside. Just because of the denouement. I'm, 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 okay. Hold on. I got to get my head back on straight. I also have to ramble a little bit. To see if there actually is a time limit on this application. Because apparently, I like to consider myself 2000 late. But we're in 1988. And I'm running out of tape! 1988! That was kind of 70s, actually. Gonna be in nineteen nine. Okay, so this is a story that came around in 2014. An article revisiting it came out 11 days ago and it came across my life probably because my phone listened to me doing a couple of Bill Murray mic tests and I was mentioning Bill Murray's name a lot and of course it was at the top of my feed. Bill Murray's incredible 2014 story about how a painting saved his life. Interesting. Who would have guessed? An Irish Catholic wanted to kill himself? Who would I- now I've heard everything. Now, I'm not going to go into the article because there have been plenty of splinter articles coming off of this one. I really don't understand how you can, as a writer, just change a couple of predicates around and collect the same, you know, industry standard $60 for 500 words when you didn't write them. <laughs> like, OK, but uh, yeah, let's uh, let's check this out. So when I came across this article 11 days ago, I read it from beginning to end, and I've read every spinoff to see if I could get other details, but everything is from this one source article, which is referencing a 2014 viral clip that is now, uh, for whatever reason, probably gaining traction on TikTok. Going viral. So I'm just going to read Bill Murray's direct quotes here. This is in reference to him finishing up a set when he was a struggling actor in Chicago. And I guess he had biffed it. Again, now I've heard everything. And he he considered ending it. I know I I know I'm making fun. I know I'm making fun, but that's kind of why I say we're we're not alike. I don't know what it's like to prefer to be a vapor that everything in this gross material plane is suffering. I don't understand any of that, but if I did, I would find myself re-examining my story. And maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but I did add it to the end, didn't I? He biffed it, quote, I wasn't very good. I remember my first experience on the stage. I was so bad. I just walked out on the street and started walking. I walked for a couple of hours. I realized I had walked in the wrong direction. Not just in the wrong direction in terms of where I lived, but in the wrong direction in terms of a desire to stay alive. I then thought, well, if I'm going to die where I am, I may as well go over towards the lake and float for a while after I'm dead. So I walked over there towards the lake. And as I got there, I hit Michigan Avenue and I started walking north. I ended up in front of the Art Institute in Chicago. It says that he didn't. I don't think it fucking matters. I don't think it matters. Why, why did they say this? Bill Murray walked into the Art Institute of Chicago and didn't give a donation. Excuse? Like, I think he said that he was ready to die, right? What What the fuck is that? Didn't give a donation? Do you know what this motherfucker did to the fucking Natalie Salmon House early on in his career? Go, Go fucking eat a shit. All right, so he walked in. He's always walking in, isn't he? There he is. He's walking in. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. Should this be extra, guys? Should this be behind a paywall? Should this be behind a paywall, I ask you? Or does the world need to know? (laughs) And I walked in. And there's a painting there. And I don't even know who painted it. It's a woman working in a field, and there's a sunrise behind her. And I always loved this painting. I saw it that day and I just thought, well, look. There's a girl who doesn't have a a whole lot of prospects, but the sun's coming up anyway, and she's got another chance at it. So I think that gave me some sort of feeling that I too am a person and I get another chance every day the sun comes up. I looked into this painting. God, let it save me. And, I, and I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it right now. If I have this in a video format, it's on your screen. It is a painting from Jules Breton. It's called Song of the Lark. Apparently, it was Eleanor Roosevelt's favorite work of art. They even have a placard saying that it inspired Bill Murray while he was an actor in Chicago. They make a point to say struggling. It's a beautiful painting. The use of light. I wonder when this came out. When did this come out? 1884. It is beautiful. I wonder if we saw this. The woman, the subject of the painting, is looking off into the distance. She's watching the flight path of a bird. The sickle in her hand is mirroring the sunrise behind her. And what's interesting is that the subject is backlit, which adds a a weight to the shadows, which are front facing because the lights behind them. But what I noticed is towards her feet, she's barefooted because she's backlit. She's so dark compared to the, uh, The background. And she looks very solid, very meaty, very detailed. But her feet, where her feet are touching the earth, it doesn't look like she's depressing the earth at all, as if she herself is weightless. And she's looking off into the distance with the promise of the sunrise. I can see how this could have affected Mr. Murray. I can see, I can see... How if bombing a set gets you there, any remnant of that can put you there again under the right circumstances. Maybe our encounter was more precious than I I ever thought. I'm not that peasant girl. She's not watching a lark. She's watching a snowbird. I don't know if I have much else to say. Like I said at the beginning, do you see what I mean? Do you see what I mean? Do you see where I'm coming from here? Remember at the beginning I was I was struggling because I'm like, this is so complicated. To be a public figure, fuck that. Ugh. But to be successful, mmm, yum, yum, yum. But to be a public figure, ugh. What I wonder, what I wonder, I wonder if any of the guests at the resort, aside from a couple who know who they are, did any of them ever guess that the people who fluff their towels and give them their room key could be thinking these things and that maybe through their own catharsis, they could find a kindred spirit. I don't want to pitchfork anybody. Am I still recording for fuck? Oh my god, I am. Yes! I've been going through a metamorphosis. It hurts. But it's leading me towards a more resolute and stable sense of identity. And the more I move through the world and the more I retrospect on the characters that I've encountered, the less I ask why, and the more I ask, why not? Why the fuck not? You know? Don't ask why the corporations are trying to make money. Don't ask why the war machine likes war. And don't ask why a celebrity has everything, but is still miserable. Ask why not. It all makes sense. What you're fighting against is what you want things to be, how things should be, and who the fuck are you? You don't know how things should be. You just showed up to the party, dumbass, and you're about to leave, as far as a human lifetime is concerned. You might as well try to work through some catharsis and Pied Piper some fucking canal rats behind you, am I right? Bill Murray, I don't need an apology. I don't need anything from you, Mr. Murray, unless you wanted to give me that number. S-N-E-W dot B-I-R-B, snooberb at gmail.com. Send your hate mail! I have no idea what platform is actually going to take this garbage. So if you're on Spotify, follow me. If you're on Twitch, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, what? Do I even have to say it? I don't think I do. Thank you to my patrons. I don't have any right now at the time of this recording, but I hope that maybe, maybe I'll I'll have one. Or like, maybe like three. And if you made it this far, thanks for hanging out. I'm Snowbird. This is Rust Belt Ruffian. Like it or not, I'm doing more. (laughs) be sure to call your local congressperson tell them to eat your ass and then tell them to stop line 3 follow red lake treaty camp on instagram follow migiji m i g i z i camp on instagram follow lakota law why is my dog dancing downstairs clearly i go um i go in and out of my accent the more tired I am. Of course, I have a broadcasting voice that I started with. And it's kind of, I don't know, neutral, non-denominational. It's more Buffalo, really. Because there's a little bit of Maryland in there. A little bit of Pennsylvania draw. But not so um, trash. I got these wide vowels, baby. It's very Midwestern. It's like... um, oh (laughs) it's like jersey chicago and like oh don't you know hey you wouldn't believe out there on the uh out out there in the frozen lake a whole moose see i don't know how to say goodbye on the phone either how am i supposed to wrap this up